It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today it's me, your boy Jay King from The Athletic, here with Sam Jam Packer, the great, formerly of WEI. The day is finally here. Marcus Smart has agreed to return to the Boston Celtics. Felt like it was inevitable that he was going to return after one team after another used its cap space. Finally, we get the details of his contract four years, $52 million. Kind of seemed like a logical conclusion for both places, even though there was some frustration for Smart along the way. Uh, seems like a pretty fair deal for both sides from where I'm sitting. Jam, agree? Yeah, uh, Marcus Smart got a fair amount of money, over $10 million a year. He gives the Celtics kind of a mid-range contract in case they do want to trade him, but I don't think that's going to happen because it feels like Marcus Smart and the Celtics genuinely uh, like each other. The Marcus Smart likes playing for the Celtics. The Celtics like to have him. And this is what we kind of thought was going to happen all along. Uh, they, we thought they were going to bring Marcus Smart back. I was always on uh, team do nothing this offseason. Just bring back the team that brought you to the Eastern Conference Finals and add a healthy Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, and you're going to do pretty well. So it's not, the, uh, it's not a shocking deal. Uh, it's not front-loaded, as there's, the rumors were circulated around Twitter, and as me and John talked about last night. Um, so they're going to be about $3 million over the tax. Some have speculated that this might lead to a MOOC trade. I was curious about your thoughts on, uh, on the Celtics play, uh, like being in the tax this year. I don't think they're as worried about the tax as everybody else seems to be about them paying yeah, the tax. Celtics Twitter is like worried about that tax. Yeah. Like, there's some there's some people out there who are very concerned about Wick Grosbeck money. So I think I think obviously being out of the tax in one of the next two years would be beneficial down the line. Like we know with the repeater tax, the Celtics are going to pay a boatload of money to keep this team together. Everybody in the in the starting five is going to be worth max salary. The Smart and Rozier, if they keep both of those guys, they're both going to be well compensated. So this is a team that's going to grow super expensive. Uh, to me, like if you trade Marcus Morris to get under the luxury tax, that's fine. But also Marcus Morris can be a useful piece off the bench. And when you're a contender, and the Celtics fancy themselves contenders, they don't think they're the favorites. Obviously, that's the Warriors. But they do think they'll have a good chance in the East. They do think they'll have a chance against the Warriors in the finals, however small that chance may be. 
if you get to the finals, there's always a chance. And to me, it's like a slippery slope once you start dealing helpful players for cap considerations when you're as good as the Celtics are. And I know this is long-term thinking. I know it's the Celtics have to take into account sustainable contention and everything like that. And the ownership is going to be doling out many, 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 many millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to keep this team together in the future. But, you know, you look at the Eastern Conference out there, and obviously the Celtics have a lot of guys who can guard a lot of people, but Marcus Morris would be helpful against a Kawhi Leonard. He would be helpful against a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, if you, <laughs> if, if you get rid of him, you're dealing away one of your options off the bench with the size and physicality and toughness to guard those guys. So Don't forget he gets buckets. Like, bench scoring was a huge issue for the Celtics last year. And just to have a guy who can come off the bench and drop like 15 to 20 points uh, really at any, any game I think is a tremendously useful kind of option for the Celtics to have off the bench. Yeah, I, I don't think it – I think just to dump him for the sake of dumping him doesn't make sense. Maybe you make more of an effort to avoid the tax next year so you don't get the, the repeater. Um I don't know. I, I, how do you think this affects the, the Terry Rozier market and whether or not they can re-sign him and Kyrie Irving next year? I think the thing about that is this gives you options, right? This gives you the option to keep all of those guys together. And as crazy as it sounds, the front office has given off indications that that's not entirely out of the question. Um, but it gives you options with Rozier. Smart's contract will be tradable. Um, it's not going to be a contract that's like a, a total like bad news. It's not going to be like a, an Andrew Wiggins deal, I think, where the Timberwolves would have a lot of trouble trading that Wiggins contract right now. It's totally manageable contract. It could help them if they need to trade him to clear space for Rozier, if they need to trade him to try to get a, a top talent. Who knows he'll be out there, Anthony Davis, whoever else. Um but it seems like one of those contracts that w- will give them the flexibility moving forward that they've kind of always appreciated. And at the yeah, same time... It seems like it's the Celtics' general approach is to let's do this now but always keep like flexibility moving forward. So at the next... So six, so basically at the trade deadline, maybe if there's an Anthony Davis deal in play, there's they have the options to do something. And that feels like that's something that the Celtics front office has always valued is like being able to go down a number of different paths moving forward. They feel like, like it, and some of it can be like, they, it seemed like they're just kicking the can down the road, but part of it, like, yeah, they're doing that because they want to be able to basically pounce on anything that's available. Yeah, and look, like like you said, Irving and Rozier are both going to be free agents next summer. Irving has gone out of He's his... He's a wild card. He's he, a wild card. The, the Celtics are confident they'll be able to resign him, but there's no sure thing until he signed that contract. And so having Smart, maintaining Rozier, keeping everybody right now gives them, you know, the option to move on from Kyrie if they have to. And I don't think that's, like, their their biggest concern right now. I don't think um, – I do think they are confident in their chances of recruiting him to stay. But, but you know, there's a chance, however big, that he doesn't. And now they have Marcus Smart under contract. They have Terry Rozier, who they'll be able to match whatever offer sheet he gets next summer. And they'll be able to 
make those decisions moving forward. So it's looks like with Ka- Kawhi Leonard gone, with Marcus Smart back, the Celtics are essentially going to run it back and do what. Team do nothing. Team do nothing, man. It, it makes so much sense. They made the Eastern Conference Finals. They made Game Seven, and they didn't have two All Stars. So why would you change that? Like their big offseason additions are two All Stars and an outrageous athletic freak who. Uh, could be something, but it doesn't even really matter if he's good or not. Yeah, yeah, like Robert Williams, if he's good, great. If he's not, the Celtics have Aaron Baines, Daniel Tice, Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart all off the bench. All right. Talk about Shevney Ojale or Jabari Bird, who's going to make going to do so many good backdoor cuts this season, you don't even know. If, if he is on the team. Uh, yeah, he might not be. Okay. We haven't talked about that. Uh, is there any chance that he gets an offer from anyone to actually – I asked you that question, and as I'm asking it, I was like, why would you know if Jabari Bird is going to like get an offer from another team? Are you that well-connected, Jay King? I am not well-connected enough to know whether Jabari Bird will get an offer from another team. <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm we, disappointed. We, we will see how the Jabari Bird market unfolds. Um, as far as – let's talk about this. Do you think that the Celtics' second unit could qualify for a playoff berth in the Eastern Conference? NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA Network of Podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Hmm, who would they be going up against? I think the Eastern Conference isn't as bad as uh, as you think it's going to be. But at the bottom, bad. it's going to be pretty bad. I think that there's still... Okay, Toronto, Philly, Celtics, or, uh, Wizards, Pacers. You already have five teams there. The Heat, six. Then you basically have two more teams with... I think the Cavs are going to be better than... Did, did you go with the Bucks? Okay, the, the Cavs are going to oh, stay. Oh, I forgot the Bucks. There's seven teams right there. So it's basically, I don't think the, the Celtics bench could compete against... Uh, I think the Cavs might be decent. I okay. Think Nick might be better than you expect. Okay, here's my thing. The Celtics bench may not be able to score. Like, definitely. That's why they got Mook. That's why you need me. Definitely may not be able to score as a unit. I do think they'll play Gordon Hayward or Kyrie Irving, stagger those guys, and 
uh, with those guys, I think it'll be a lot easier to score. That's like, that's hopefully you don't have to play that that bench unit as just a bench unit. You can stagger, and so there's always a starter of Kyrie, Tatum, Hayward, or Horford on the court. Yeah, but let's let's just say it's it's Rozier, Smart, Morris, Baines, and Tice. That is a lethal. Not a bad squad. That is a lethal defensive lineup. Like. They get they would get a lot of stops. Throw in Ojale if you need to. Um, I don't think they make the playoffs, but they'd be a pesky team. They'd be a team you don't want to uh, go up against. I think a team like that would go like something like five hundred. Like four, maybe f- score that would be it'd be all like Terry would have to score and Mook would have to score at thirty points a game. Oh yeah, they would do some bad shot making with that with that five. It would be some real bad shot making. Baines Baines firing triples. <laughs> I, yeah, they'd have to go find out. Well, Tice as your power forward, uh, I don't know if that's ideally where his position is, but you know what? I'm I'm open to so it. So you can like, throw Shemi out there. I think they're better than what the Hawks are going to be. Well, that's obvious. I mean, the the <laughs> the Locked On Celtics podcast is the Locked On Celtics podcast is better than the Hawks are going to be. I was so disappointed by Trey Young at Summer League, I think. And I've just found myself watching like 18 Hawks games. It was just by dumb luck. And every single time I was like, oh, that guy's not great. I'm a Trey Young guy. I'm a, I'm a believer. What, what about Summer League indicated that he should be good? My man can pass the rock. Great passer. He doesn't get any separation. How's he going to shoot if he just is like, is, isn't open? I mean. In Summer League. He'll get open, my G. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, if you say so. He'll get open, my G. Um, yeah, so Celtics are going to run it back, which is I'm cool. I have to ask you more things about Marcus Smart. He, in his contract, as reported by Freddie Katz. Skinny Marcus. Uh, skinny Marcus, is, if he stays skinny, he's going to get rewarded by half a million dollars a year based on his batty, body fat content. Oh. Hey King, how what is the what is the level he needs to stay under? This is like something the Miami Heat do. They're like they're very crazy about like weekly check-ins to be monitoring um, the body fat percentage, making sure everyone's. Uh, shouts to Wayne Corbett, by the way. He's the first athlete that came up that like I like it was advertised what his body fat percentage was. It's always like below one. So uh, amazing, amazing wide receiver. But what does Marcus Smart <laughs> have to stay at? Does he have to just be slim Marcus the whole year? So. I'm not sure exactly what the level is. The Celtics have, which is, they have done this before. I think they did it with Glenn Davis. It did not work out particularly well for him. He uh, he did not care about that clause in his contract, apparently. Uh, I, I think they had a rebound clause for Jeff Green. Like, if he averaged a certain amount of rebounds, then he hit a bonus. I don't know if he ever hit that threshold. Um so hopefully skinny Marcus will behave differently than those guys and just stay in shape like he entered last season in. He got in great, great well, shape. And when he came back from um, injury as well as uh, – Yeah, he had those legs. Frame, he was explosive. He was doing a lot more like two-handed dunking. He was uh, – Slim Marcus is actually like a noticeably more explosive player. And so it would be cool for – I. Like all the incentive in the world, I, I kind of wish they would do the same thing with his three point percentage. But then I realized that he might not um, take as many heaves, and I just I wouldn't want to be robbed of that. Hopefully, they would. Happy Walters would re- negotiate a heaves uh, 
section of that contract because Marcus Marquis, I live for those. Those make like those make a make Washington Celtics games fun. Marcus Marquis are and always have been fantastic. I might be maybe along with you, I don't know. I, I might be the the president of the Marcus Marquis fan club. I would say that you bring it. Yeah, no, you're the one who brought it to brought it to light, and I would uh, I appreciate your appreciation of Marcus Martinez. Uh, we we both appreciate each other. Before before this gets out of control, I just want to address the the rumors that I got a uh, side job at <laughs> at American Airlines. Um, so there's a guy who, look like you, who looks like <laughs> Professor Snape. Over at working at American Airlines and D8. Ennis Cantor tweeted it. So apparently, Snape works at American Airlines. I've had multiple people tweet me that I have gotten a side gig. I just want to say that it is not me. And it is pretty devastating to be compared to Professor Snape. You're proud. You're proud to look like Snape. We were at dinner in Vegas, and you're like, you know who I look like, and you whipped out the phone and the picture of Snape, and you were showing everyone. It's like, yep, that's me. Snape. Well, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta make fun of yourself. Uh, yeah, but you were quick to do it. I think you kind of like, uh, kind of like looking like Snape. To be fair, I mean, you're a Harry Potter nerd. I've said that. You have, deep down, you have love for Snape for uh, his ultimate sacrifice. I've said this. No spoilers. I, I've said this. <laughs> I've said this before on Twitter. I would much rather look like Professor McGonagall than than Snape. Quit acting like you're Gryffindor, B. You're more Slytherin. A sorting hat tells me otherwise. Um, okay. Sorting hat. Enough, enough with the stupid, stupid Marcus Smart stuff. All right, let, let's I get stupid. I got more stupid Marcus Smart stuff. Ooh, um, more stupid chances, Marcus Smart stuff. He was. I met enough with the stupid Harry Potter stuff. No, he wasn't hungover. He he signed his contract. This morning. Yeah, so he was celebrating last night. No, he signed his contract this morning. I I'm buying that he he, he was he just saying electronically. He probably already there's there we got photos. We got photos. We got timestamps. Yeah, there was that picture of him smiling, looking very happy at the practice facility. Yeah. So Okay, I'm just gonna ignore that one. Yeah, we we'll, he was hungover. It's more fun story that way. We'll we'll stick with that. Uh now that the East has kind of taken shape a little bit over the last couple of days. With Kawhi Leonard getting traded to the Raptors, Marcus Smart re-signing with the Celtics, what do you think the landscape is like? Does that does Kawhi change things? Does Smart returning impact that? Where are the Celtics going to end up next year? They will end up at the top of the Eastern Conference. I think in the Eastern Conference Finals, probably winning... I think the the Kawhi trade, if he plays, we have no idea what's going to happen. There's already stories out that he's just like um, doesn't want to play in Toronto. And I saw that there was a great NBA Reddit post that he should try and illegally immigrate to Toronto, and then it, that he would get like because it's Canada, he wouldn't get in that much trouble, but he wouldn't be allowed to enter the country, and it'd be a way <laughs> to avoid his contract. <laughs> NBA Reddit gets weird with it, but I think if he plays and he's any good and is back to his normal self, that certainly makes the Raptors quite good. The Raptors already, I think, we're a top three team in the East. I think this just this gets them closer to the to the Celtics. I think it puts them a little bit better than the Sixers. I don't think the Sixers are on the same level as the Celtics and the Raptors, but the Raptors were already damn good. Like they're. Uh, if they didn't run into LeBron, um, 
Like, I feel like a lot of uh, things would be different. I would have been interesting to see what the Celtics Raptors playoff series would have been because the with DeMar DeRozan, the, the Raptors have a nice young core that was playing. Their bench was amazing. They're playing defense very well. I think that just adding Kawhi makes them potentially great. But um, them adding Kawhi and Kawhi being super upset and wanting to leave, it, like it, it feels like you're – you're only as good as how like your star player is going to take you, and so a lot of it's up in the air and just based on how Kawhi reacts, both injury-wise and to playing in Toronto. But I think just the adding of his talent puts them close to the Celtics, but I think the Celtics having the continuity of bringing 11 guys back uh, and basically adding these two all-stars to already like a solid core who has playoff experience, um, I think they're still a little bit ahead of the Raptors. Uh, yeah, t- to me... I think the Celtics are still the favorites because, and maybe maybe I'm over exaggerating the health of Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Maybe I'm thinking it's safer than than it actually is. But from everything I've been led to believe, those guys will be fully healthy by training camp, and they should have no ill effects of the injuries that hurt them last season. With Kawhi Leonard, I just think there's there's more more risk, more question question marks. Um, we don't know what the heck happened with his quad. We don't know what the status of his quad is. We don't know. There's a lot we don't know about what's going on with Kawhi over the last year, and so I, I think there's question marks there. But adding him to a 59 win team is is outrageous, and I, I think like De- Demar Derozan's awesome. He's turned himself into a great player. But Kawhi is just such an upgrade from from Demar Derozan. I think getting Danny, getting Danny Green helped. He's a guy with experience. He's a guy who can guard. He's a guy who can be a part of versatile lineups. They already have OG Ananobi. They kept most of their young core, which was really really good last year. Um, so I think the Raptors have a chance to be really 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 damn powerful in the East. Um, I see them and the Celtics above the 76ers, who had another weird uh, part of their offseason with Nemanja Bielica just ghosting on them. And yeah, that makes no sense, but it's hilarious because it happened to the Sixers. But I don't even understand. how. I thought there was a report that he was going to Europe. He just completely just not – he had an agreement with the Sixers and just completely said, no, I'm not going to do that. He DeAndre Jordan, man. He, he just – he was like, you know what? I didn't sign my contract yet. I'm ghosting. Sorry, bro. And – Hey, you know what? I mean, the, the Raptors weren't loyal to DeMar DeRozan. Apparently, like, they offered him the world, said he was the, the long-term future. The players don't need to be loyal to verbal agreements. I'm all for it. Until it's signed, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, that, that, one's, that one's wild. But I, I, so I think, I think unless Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid take leaps, which is really possible, those guys are both young and both super talented, I think the, the Sixers are behind those other two teams, the way they're currently constructed. And I look forward to the East, man. All of a sudden, the East, the top of the East, at least, should be fun. Celtics, the Raptors. Next team after the Sixers is it the, automatically the Bucks. I would. I don't think the. I think the Bucks are clearly better than the Wizards. I think it would go Bucks, Pacers, then Wizards. Ooh, Bucks, Pacers, Wizards. Yeah, that that tier seems about right. And then the Heat and God knows who else will make the playoffs. The Bulls with Jabari Parker. Now getting that standout role, $20 million a year. How about that quote about defense? Just <laughs> That's wild. Like, at least I respect the honesty, but that, like, 
Marcus Smart just got money for his defense. Like you, the, the press re, uh, release by the Celtics with, with the defensive statistics was pretty hilarious. Classic. But, well, that's the first press release I've ever seen that cited deflections and charges drawn. Just, just an amazing powerhouse performance by the Celtics PR crew. Shouts to them. Uh, but what else are you going to Parker say? <laughs> what was the exact quote? It's like, you don't get signed for your defense. Like, no one's, no one's great at defense. I don't even remember the quote. I just remember it was kind of like ridiculous that anyone would ever say it. Yeah, it was something like, uh, if, I, if I'm a bad defender, everyone's a bad defender. No one can guard each other in this league. Uh, I don't even know. He, it, was, it was wild. You guys should all go look that up. Jabari Parker. Time to play a little defense, man. <laughs> Time to shape up, try a little on defense. He did try against the Celtics a little bit in the latter half of their playoff series. What else we got? What else we got? You got anything? Well, we can play the fun game, the, the fun internet game of who is, give me your top five best players in the Eastern Conference now that Kawhi has been treated. Oh, you, you love that game. You, you, were hit, you were hitting up the text. Text about that game. Um, well, I saw some wild takes out there that I, I disagreed with, so I want to hear the official J. King. We've done no preparation. Name your five best players in the East. Giannis won. Absolutely, strong agree. Gian, Giannis won. I think there's a chance Kawhi's won, but I don't. I don't trust his health yet. Kawhi two. Uh. Who else is who else is up there? You got Sixers, you got some Celtics. Yeah. Um so I think Embiid is a top five player. I don't know where he I disagree. Five, I, I disagree. Embiid would have been who are, the three other, who are the three other players better than Embiid right now? Al Horford was better than him in the playoffs. In that playoff series. So I can't put Embiid up there. I, I think Simmons will be better than Embiid this season. But I don't know where Simmons. Uh, I don't know where Simmons goes either. Three pointer and shout to my man. I think his name's Mike Benetti, who finally made the shoot a three coward T-shirts. I already ordered two. Uh, check out my timeline if you want to see them. But can you put Simmons up you know, as a top five player in the East? I would agree with you. Horford was better. It's hard to kind of separate who would you rather have like moving forward long term versus who's better right now. Um, Gordon Hayward, I think, has a chance to be top five. Uh, do you think John Wall's in that discussion? Victor Oladipo. I would rather have Kyrie than John Wall. I would rather have probably Oladipo than Wall, too. Um, I'd rather have Bradley Beal than Wall. I would rather... Jay King low on John Wall. No, I, I mean, what has Wall ever done? <laughs> Nothing. What have, I mean, what has Bradley Beal ever done? Well, Bra- John Wall gets a lot of credit for basically being in the same, never made it past the second round of the playoffs. So I absolutely agree with you. I'd rather have all those players, but it's hard to settle in your top five or your. And Wall Wall's really good. Wall Wall's really yeah. Three through five is just up there for grabs. Uh, I don't even know who the best Celtic is at this point because you could like I'm sure a lot of people make an argument for Kyrie. I'm one of those uh, defense matters guys, and I don't think he's the greatest defender. I like. So do you have Hayward or Horford? Right now, I'm going to say Horford, just but I kind of believe in, like Hayward can be the guy when he comes back. I think he's kind of just an all-around great player who does basically uh, every facet of the game pretty well, and I think that's extremely valuable. So I like 
I think Hayward will be the Celtics' best player all around next year. So I think that puts him in the top five, being in the in the transitive property best player on one of the best teams. Yeah, and it's hard because a lot of those guys are rising, right? Like, you've got Brad Beal, you've got John Wall, you've got Kyrie, you've got a lot of guys that are established. And then I think the next class of Tatum, Simmons, and Bede is is all on the rise and I don't know what they'll be like next year Old Depot you could probably put him in there too Jalen Brown although I don't think he's as quite as good as all those other guys um he's also on the rise and he's got a chance to do some really good things I don't think he's in the top five in the Eastern Conference at all at at this phase but the guys those guys are on the rise um it's more like it's a completely arbitrary uh exercise yeah, so three. I just watched Goodwill Hunting, and anytime I say the word arbitrary, I'm going to say arbitrary because it's a, a good Goodwill Hunting word. Yes, suspect. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the greatest greatest movie of all time, and that might that might be my favorite scene when when Ben Affleck is Retainer. taking the meeting for him. Retainer. <laughs> Someone I forget which podcast I was listening to. What, but someone said that uh, the LeBron's agent meeting with the 76ers was like that Ben Affleck scene. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Like. <laughs> yeah, he's like, for you, your situation would be concurrently improved. Kids are poor. If I had $200 in my pocket, what was that? Something like that. Yeah, it's $200 in my pocket right now. <laughs> already offered you a salary of well over $80,000. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I, love, I love Matt Damon's crew in that because Ben Affleck's awesome and he gets some, some crazy uh, outfits off. I, I noticed that uh, watching again. Casey Affleck's hilarious um, asking for his double burger. And then I think the most underrated guy is the other guy, Cole Hauser, who in the first scene he gets introduced, he doesn't say a word. It's just like he has his hand in his face and he just is like, Clearly, very intoxicated. I thought it was a, an excellent choice by him. Uh, just a uh, great movie. That's what you need in 2018 is re- reviews of movies from 1997, and that's what we give you on the Locked On Celtics podcast. One other dude I'm interested in seeing this year. I don't think he qualifies for the top five in the Eastern Conference. Kevin Love. That's what I'm saying. I thought I said the Cavs are going to be not bad. So the Cavs will be bad. The Cavs yeah, will be quite bad. Love. What if he returns to like like twenty and ten every night? The sex man maybe gives him something. They're like they have decent players. I just think it's like it's going to focus on Kevin Love, uh, and there are a lot of bad teams in the East. Like I don't think like Orlando not going to be good. The Hawks are not going to be good. The Hornets are not going to be good. The Bulls I don't think are going to be good. The Nets aren't going to be good. The Knicks might be entertaining, but I don't think they're going to be good. Like, there's a chance for to someone to sneak up and get that eight speed. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of bad, bad teams, bad basketball, and the Celtics and Raptors and probably Sixers will just be wiping out teams. By the way, the the Atlantic Division. Not that the divisions matter, but the Atlantic Division is loaded with stars. Just absolutely loaded. It might be the entire Eastern All Star team. Uh, I mean, my man Blake Griffin. Let my man Blake Griffin rock. Oh, the Pistons. I completely forgot about the Pistons, which is kind of kind of all you need to know about the Pistons is they have Blake Griffin, they have Andre Drummond. 
are they a team that I don't even know if they have cap space. I was thinking of trying to I was looking this up last night when talking about the Terry Rozier situation. It's like who would be offering Terry Rozier money to come be their point guard? It feels like the Pacers and the Pistons would need someone uh, like that or were like in the market for a starting point guard next year. The Pacers, Victor Oladipo, bruh. Bruh, they can both play combo guard and be defensively awesome. Is we, you really can? I don't. For some reason, I just don't think of Oladipo as like a primary ball handler, but maybe he is. He, he was in the playoffs for sure. He ran, I believe, the highest percentage of high pick and rolls of anyone last season. Well, there's egg on my face now, and you really brought the statistics and knew them off the top of your head uh, <laughs> to make me look like an idiot. So I'm gonna... I, I could be totally wrong there. I could be totally yeah, wrong there, but but I think I'm right. I'm like, oh, well, well, I missed. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> Victor Oladipo, very much a point guard. Um, Terry Rozier can play off the ball, though. So, you never know. What else we got? You got anything? I got nothing. Carmelo Anthony just got traded. Oh, to whom? Dennis, Dennis Schroeder and the Hawks. Oh, they're going to buy him out. And then where is he going to go? Oh, no doubt. He's definitely going to LA. Yeah. No, Rockets. Rockets are front runner. The Rockets? Yep. That's a terrible idea. The Rockets, the Rockets are literally the team that made it in vogue to just attack Carmelo Anthony at every possession, and now they literally are not in their entire organization, including their G League team. They do not run any drill that results in a non-paint two-point shot, and I feel like that's been a bread and butter of Carmelo Anthony's game for his entire career. He does not take threes, and I this age he just, just like doesn't get to the rim. It just feels very bizarre for the Rockets to go out and get him. Yeah, and especially after they lost Ariza and Mbamute, it's been really a disaster. They've had the worst summer of maybe anyone. Because they have to sign Chris Paul to that much money, it's insane. They really uh, might have had a, like. It's too bad that like Chris Paul got hurt because that was a really good chance to knock off the Warriors. Too bad Iggy got hurt because the Warriors would have knocked him out earlier. Boom. Another good point. Injuries happen. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I the, that series was great. The Rockets were fantastic last year. It obviously could have gone either way. But the Rockets have just had a, a – it seems like they kind of peaked last year. Like James Harden was at the peak of his powers. Everybody else just made sense in their rotation. Everybody was playing great. Uh, Eric Gordon stayed healthy. Obviously, Chris Paul got hurt, which was a huge blow to them. But for the most part, like everything went right for them last season. And this summer, things that will matter have gone wrong. So, not the same for the Celtics. Not the same for the Celtics. They they will bring everybody back. They will finally answer the question: What will this team look like with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving? We are going to get that team. We're going to see that team back in action. In like three months. Yep, and maybe Robert Williams will give them something. But other than that, they have everybody that they entered last season with. And they should be pretty damn excited about this year, about the future, about everything. They'll have some serious, serious decisions to make in the future regarding players and cap space and luxury tax and all of that. But right now... Looks like they're just going to run it back. We run it back usually three times a week in this stage of the summer. We are the Locked On Celtics podcast. If you don't subscribe to us, 
Search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else. We are the greatest Celtics podcast ever. We are, during the season, the only Monday through Friday Celtics podcast. During the offseason, I believe we're the only three times a week Celtics podcast. And that's that's about it. That's all I got for this episode. You're listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. J. King and John Corrales, Locked On Celtics. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.